Do you want some banter? Do you want some classic movie banter? I think I'm entitled. You want some banter? I want some banter. You can handle the banter. <laughs> wow, hey, what an opening. Welcome to classic movie banter. You know that show where I, that guy Brenton, yes. and that other guy, that Nathan, we talk about movies that are 20 years or older. 20 years. 20 years. That makes them classics, oh. guys. And guess what? We talk about these movies and we tell them whether, worth, whether, whether, whether. they are worth your time. Yeah, the weather as well. Yeah, we, we talk about if these films are worth your time mm. or... If they are worth, you know, taking that DVD disc... <laughs> taking them to court and suing their ass. <laughs> no, no. I reckon you snap that disc in half. You, so you got two halves of the of the, uh, of the the disc. You put one on a bench and you use the other one as like a judge's, like, you know, cudgel thing. And you like <laughs> yeah. use it to like... You smash it with a hammer. Yeah, basically. Oh. Yeah, like I think, I think, I think that's the way to go. Uh, so yeah, we tell you whether they're worth your time or they're worth doing that. Do they hold up in twenty nineteen? Yeah, I don't know. Do they? Do they? Let's uh, find I don't out. Know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, so that's the crux of the podcast, mm. and uh, I mean, like you guys know if you've listened to us before that you know we like to throw in some banter in there for some good measure as well. We, we like that cheeky little bit of banter, as they say, Nathan. Yes, we do, Brenton. Like, you know, you're looking less shit today, so well done, buddy. I thank you. I actually tried for once. <laughs> we're, we're both, like, crawling. Like, we had a big night out last night, didn't we, Brenton? Like, <laughs> we're both recovering. We are, we are. But you know what? That's not what we're here to talk about. No. What are we here to talk about last night? We're talking about 20 years ago. We are. Well, not exactly. But over 20 years ago. 20 year, four score and 20 years ago. <laughs> 20 years ago in uh, 1992. When, um, <laughs> when... Uh, when A Few Good Men was released in cinemas. Ah. And uh, we're here to talk about that movie, and we're here to tell you whether it's worth your time or not. Is now, it? Nathan, yes. I believe you have a question for me, because this is an even-numbered episode. It is, Brenton. Can you... Okay, so, can we please... Co- I, can you please be Tom Cruise in this equation? Because I'd love the idea of Tom Cruise pitching a movie. <laughs> but can you please pitch me A Few Good Men? I, I, I'm I, not doing an impersonation of crazy scientist, Scientologist Tom All you got to do is just, like, because kick the door feel- down and just be like, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, like, oh, you'd like talk at the back of your throat like this sometimes. Have you seen that Scientology video where he rants for like 10 minutes? Like, I have not. I have oh. not. I have uh, better things to do with my time. Oh, you should just do the pitch uh, just like that. He's like, like, the best thing in the world is this movie, A Few Good Men. Let's just make it, man. Like, <laughs> So, Nathan, shall I tell you about A Few Good Men? Please do. Are you Aaron Sorkin then, the the writer of this? Uh, mate, I am Brenton, and uh, I'm here to talk to you about A Few Good Men. Fantastic. And about why it should be made in today's market. So, let me just... Hello <laughs> today's 1992 you. market. <laughs> uh, so, let's talk about this film. Uh, guys, I'm here to talk to you about this film, this script written by this guy called Aaron Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin, never heard of him in 1992. You might not have heard of him, but uh, it's this great screenplay, and it, what it involves is is that at this military base in Guantanamo Bay mm. in Cuba, uh, there is a a suspicious death that happens of a, of a young private Ooh. that is... Uh, I, I'm not sure if he's a private, actually. Um, anyway, he's a soldier that is killed in his barracks one oh, night. Oh, no. Was he fighting the Cubans? No, Nathan. Let, let me explain. Let me, let me explain you with my pitch that uh, he was actually... Uh, he was actually... The cause of his death is like not quite known, oh. but it is clear that it was caused in part by two of his uh, fellow uh, m- platoon members who came into his barracks at night mm. and uh, presumably murdered the the poor soldier. In fact, ironically, is this whole movie about trying to work out what happened that night? <laughs> Nathan, that is exactly what this film is about. Ooh. So basically, what happens is is that a uh, so does Jack Nicholson reprise his role from Chinatown and do some detecting? No, no, Nathan, no, Nathan, no, Nathan. Uh, so with the pitch, uh, it is actually what happens is is that we are we are then sent to a court case ah. where basically Tom Cruise is brought in to defend the two uh, perpetrators of the murder, uh, who said that they were just following orders. Oh, why would someone order them to kill a fellow soldier? Ooh. Well, that is what this film is about. Ah. And it covers whether the army itself should take matters into their own hands in terms of how they train their soldiers and how they punish their soldiers accordingly Ooh. and whether or not that should be uh, that should be regulated by the government 
or left to those soldiers who are trying to defend their country at all costs. And that is a few good men. Oh, so Tom Cruise. Okay, I've, I've known him from such action roles, you know, as Tom Cruise does. So is he like an action lawyer? Does he beat up the persecutors? <laughs> like Nathan, this is a legal film. It is a, it is a film that takes place basically all in a, in a courtroom. Ah. It is not an action-packed film. Oh. This is a drama. Oh. It is a high-stakes drama that is all about that screenplay and about that performance and about that acting and about that dialogue. Ah. It is not about flashy action scenes. So that is A Few Good Men and that is my final pitch, my friend. Well done. Alright, I'm going to catch that ball that you've pitched to me and I'm going to throw it back at you and it's going to be filled with money, Brenton. Because I want you to make oh, this whoa. movie. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! <man. laughs> whoa! It, it really is! Holy shit! <laughs> when directors talk about pitching a movie, they literally just like throw balls at executives until they get money. Like, ugh! It's like dodgeball. Like. <laughs> so Nathan, let's get into it. Yes! I'm ripping the band-aid off my arm. Fantastic. It's been you got band-aids that- from the pitch? Like, from all the balls yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah. Like. Well, oh, Jesus, there's bruises all over me. But it's in the corner, that Band-Aid. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to get into it. And I just want to say that I think this movie is good. <laughs> I think this movie is quite good. I, I think this is a good film. I agree. And I think that what stands out to me... Uh, I think good's the right adjective as well. Yes. I think it's very good. Mm. Um, and I would say that the screenplay is outstanding. And I would also say that the act- the performances, for the most part, are... are pretty well done I'd say as well yeah um, they what stand out to me but at the same time there is there is some good there is some good filming techniques uh, the way the the way the framings used to uh, capture these scenes is quite good mm-hmm. I think that the uh, my, my main criticism is that like sometimes I think the cheese the corniness or the cheesiness as they mm. say gets in the way of it's very Hollywood isn't it it is in a sense mm. because the film is about is, is about a is about a case that isn't black and white and yet sometimes it takes liberty with how it presents. Uh, <laughs> I just imagine when you say the case is not on black and white, I like to think the legal documents are all in these different coloured fonts. Like <laughs> they've gone crazy with the word art. It's a uh, yeah. They basically this film is is not in black and white, and it is a it is a story that is. Uh, <laughs> it's in Technicolor. Yes, it is. Uh, it's a it's about a case that is uh, very complicated. A there's that word. I finally said oh, it again. Fantastic. It took a few episodes, but it is complicated. And I feel like sometimes the director or the editor and the DOP are trying to kind of layer or ram this message down your throat a bit. And mm. that is my only real criticism with the film but I think at its core it is a good film that asks a lot of good questions and uh, I was really invested in it Mm. Nathan what do you think I think it's good I think yeah I I actually really agree a lot with what you said there Um, I think to add to that list of criticisms why I think it's good and I don't think it's excellent is that I think the film's a little bit bogged down by the legal terms there's it's it's very Aaron Sorkin which is both a pro and con because a lot of the movie is Tom Cruise whipping out all these legal terms and 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 um, you know his assistants whipping out all these legal terms and they're talking back and forth about court of law and like you can follow it but like it's a lot like it's a lot of face past like dialogue and normally I'd like that but like I don't know it's really caught up in the legal stuff about it like I don't know I, and, like it does go for the underdog angle but like like you said it is very cheesy in that retrospect and like. I feel like the movie almost loses its its like its oomph when like it it's it tries to add more on top of that. So like when you spend like like all the like there's basically like some side plots to the movie, but not really. Like I don't know. I feel like apart from Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, you don't really get much exploration of any other characters. No, I think I think you could say to uh, me more maybe. Um, yeah. I also think because uh, Demi Moore kind of starts off as like an archetype, like you know, she's like, you know, I'm the I'm the tough lawyer and I'm no business, I'm all business, and I'm gonna teach you a lesson, Tom Cruise, and then like it kind of unwinds a little bit like that, then it kind of falls into predictability. I think as well though. I think I don't know. I feel I feel like her performance is quite good though, and I think it makes up like what those tropes that you talk about, and I think the character is pretty well written. Mm. I also think that there's another side character in there as well that gets some expo- exploration as as well. But I think this film is really about Tom Cruise's character. Yeah, can we can we talk about Tom Cruise in this movie because like he's an asshole in this. I mean, yes, yes he he's is. He's not a good bloke. <laughs> he's a wise cracking guy that is kind of that has got a bit of a chip on his shoulder oh some God. might say. And he's kind of and he's and he, but he's also at the same time taking the uh the easy way, the lazy way. He's a bit of a larrikin as usual. Yeah, he he is, but uh I I actually enjoyed Tom Cruise in this film. I thought he was quite good. Brenton, this movie finally put me to my boiling point. 
Brenton, imagine my head on a kettle and I'm fucking boiling because I'm over it, Brenton. I am so... <laughs> what are you over? <laughs> I'm so sick. I think this is the movie that finally broke me. I'm so fucking sick of seeing Tom Cruise movies that are just about people telling Tom Cruise how fucking great he is. You know what I mean? Like, everyone in this movie is like, you're the best, Tom Cruise. And, like, I'm so sick of movies starring Tom Cruise where the main, like, conflict is Tom Cruise not believing in himself. You know what I mean? Like... I feel like I've seen this like 12 times now. It's like... I don't necessarily agree with that, man. Sorry. Like, I don't I, I don't think you can label this film as a film that's like everyone tells Tom Cruise he's great because Tom <laughs> Cruise has got a lot of... Oh, well, hang on. Just let me right, say my I'll point. Like, I, I feel... I guess I got her. <laughs> I feel like he is a, a character in this that is obviously... He's a talented lawyer. He's someone that is very talented. He loves his baseball. He does, but he's he's waiting. He wants to win his case. Uh, so he he will mo- do any means necessary to get the best uh, deal for his clients, even that involves uh, not sticking to morally what is probably correct. Mm. So this film is asking that question of whether it is better to like be the lawyer and to to take the deal to to put yourself out of the race uh, because it is uh, the easy way. It is kind of the right way. But at the same time, or whether it is to do better to do the right thing and to stand up for for honor and for and for and for truth and mm. for these things that the justice system is kind of meant to stand for and what um, uh, the armory, I guess itself, is meant to stand for as well. And so it asks those questions. Whether we, like, I get that Tom Cruise is an asshole at the start of this film. That's the point. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He reminds me of Stifler if he was a lawyer. Oh, really? Yeah. I wouldn't say he's that. He's that crass. Like he's he's. He's, 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 I think it like. He's a bit arrogant. He's a little bit cocky. Like, no, he is definitely. I think there's that side to him, but I think, I think that's, it's, it's part of his career. It's part of his job. <laughs> this, um... We're still talking about Tom Cruise or the character. <laughs> no, I think, I think we're talking about the character mm. for sure. Like, I don't know. I, also, because I... it's worked for him. Like, he solves cases so quickly. So he's like, this kind of works for me. No, I don't know if it's necessarily the film is just like spouting how great Tom Cruise is. I don't know if I agree with that. Demi Moore is like very critical of Tom Cruise for most of the film. Yeah, but and- like, normally his shit works. Like, he doesn't really fuck up that much in the movie. No, because I think it's not so much that he fucks up. I think. I think it's more so that he himself fucks up. It's more asking the question whether he will stand up and be a man and and uh, and take this case on and do what is morally probably correct for the sake of his clients as opposed to just trying to um, do what he would usually do and take the deal and, mm. and get the, the pretty picture <laughs> and, the, and the set of steak knives, as, as is said in the film. So, yeah, I, I think there's a bit more to it than that. Mm. Can I just as well, I just wanted to address another point that you said about um, the lawyer talk. That was it. So, I just wanted to take it back to, as well, and address your point about the lawyer talk and how it's a bit confusing and whatnot and the terms are, are maybe a bit too fast-paced and, like, all this information is kind of spouted at you. I think I think I agree with you. I think Sorkin has this way of doing that so that it is kind of understandable. And mm. for the most part, it is, and you're following along. Uh, I think for me, the thing that was the most confusing was actually at the start, mainly, but like the use of like the characters' names that we not hadn't necessarily been fully introduced to yet. Like who we're introduced to all these characters. Oh yeah, and they chew through them. Yeah. Lieutenant Dawson, uh, you know, like all, all these different character names. Mm. Um, Santiago, you know, we're talking about all these people, and it takes mm. a while for you to really understand what you're talking about. But I think at the same time, I think there's a beauty in that in that that use of dialogue, and I think there's it's a real it's a real uh, risk to do that in a film. It is. And I, I do appreciate I do appreciate it in the sense of like I wanna I want the characters to be talking as they would, and for me to be following along as best I can. If, if there's enough there that I can follow, um the best I can and for me what I think is so glorious about the screenplay is that it all comes together in that final kind of courtroom yeah, scene yeah here's the thing it, it takes way too long to get there in my opinion oh I disagree I was I was fully invested this whole okay yeah. I'll rephrase that then do you think that final scene is so much head, head stands head and shoulders above the rest of the movie in far as quality no because I think the rest of the film builds to it I don't I, 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 I there's I think there's two great scenes in this movie and they both have Jack Nicholson in them and like I don't know. I feel like I, this is what this is a movie that really re- requires you to pay attention the whole time. Mm. I would argue, like you really got to stay focused because, as especially, and I think the reason for this is because it inherits what it did on stage because it started off as a stage play and Aaron Sorkin adapted it. And I think it didn't fully utilize the fact that it's a movie because so many of these characters are just talking and talking and talking. And I think it could, it, like, he could. I know it's Sorkin that he's famous for that, but I think this film would have benefited if there was more visual language as opposed to like talk, 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 talk. Yeah, I agree. I think I think I think where that corniness comes into is actually from the visual language used in the film. They try to like 
provide these shots of like different things that are like you know trying to tell you something but i think it's a bit too obvious but i i agree mm. i agree with your point i think that like there could be a bit more visual flair to the film but at the same time you look at the production design you look at the use of color you look at the use of light and it's still a very good looking film like yeah oh, i don't think it's an outstanding looking film i don't no, find anything that but I special think, i think it's well done for what it is and what it's going for if that makes sense yeah yeah i i i, I don't think it's auteur if, if that makes sense like i don't think the directing is like the, no, you come for it no, like, no no i think it's serviceable like totally. it's nice but like i think oh you know what i should give it more credit because a lot of because you know the second half of this movie is set in that courtroom and as a director to make that visually interesting is quite hard especially sending it in one room so like yeah, I, I I do get around that. Did you did you like the court stuff? Did you prefer like when we were in the first half doing the investigating, or did you prefer the second half in the courtroom? I mean, the climaxes in the film happen in the courtroom, so like yeah, mm. like those scenes are like integral. But at the same time, like I said, I think there's some great scenes. There's a great scene that happens in uh in, at the military base. I think that's really strong. Um, yeah, there's a few scenes that happen. Is it the there, lunch actually. scene? Uh, there's a there's a there's a scenes that are uh, uh, interview rooms like when they're interviewing their 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 clients and whatnot that are there's some great scenes in those rooms yeah. as well. Do you think there's a little bit of overacting in this? Like, no, I don't know, no, uh, I don't know. I think especially with Tom Cruise, I think there's a little bit like he's doing a little bit of that old. How would you term how would you term overacting? Oh, that's very true. Um, like like I don't know where he has big bursts of emotion and it's kind of unwarranted. Like I'm like settle down. Like like I understand the tension, but it's like I, I I think you're overreacting a little bit. Like I think that we go like he's screaming at his clients. He's screaming in the courtroom. Like like I get it, but also like it it, it takes away the realism a little bit because like no one would be like that in real. Life. But how do you know? Like like on it. Like I think I my argument to that is more so that like I appreciate performances like this in the sense of like I think that like films like this and situations like this scenarios like this demand like a heightened version of like what people would do because it's an exaggerated event of like of something that could happen it's like the most exaggerated event of something that could happen in real life so these characters mm. are like like any good film or any good piece of art or uh, play or anything is about is about like circumstances that are extraordinary happening to, i guess to like maybe ordinary people and how those ordinary people react to extraordinary circumstances and given Mm. that these circumstances are so extraordinary let's say i feel like it demands a use of like of something that isn't necessarily real or not something that you necessarily can see in everyday life or you see aspects of because it's so serious the situation it's so heightened the situation that of course the characters are gonna act like this i feel like when Mm. we meet tom cruise and he like has his witty remarks and he has his kind of banter with everyone else it's it is quite normal and it is quite subdued and realistic but it's those moments Mm. that he has those outbursts which are connected and i i think makes sense to the character that it didn't really bother me oh okay I, i i I hear what you're saying, like, because you find out why he's a little bit, I don't know, emotionally unhinged, but, like, I don't know, I've, I, 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 for me, it only really worked with Jack Nicholson, who, who, by the way, I wanted so much more of in this movie. I thought he was going to be more prominent. I'm, I'm glad he wasn't. I'm glad he wasn't overused. I liked that he had his, his You think it makes scenes. it more special? Yeah, totally. Totally. Mm. But, God, he's so fucking good in this movie. Like, Jack Nicholson alone, like... You, like every scene he's in, he steals it. Like yeah, like, he's incredible. Is, like like I, 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 he reminds me most of like when he's in The Departed because he isn't in Departed that much either. But like it reminds me of that kind of performance. Like when he's in the room, everyone fucking fears him, and like and he's so in control. And like every word he delivers expertly. Like God, he's so good, isn't he? Like he's so good. Yeah, he's such a oh. great actor. Like incredible. Did you see? I saw this in One the headlines the, the other day. Um, um, one of the journalists, because all this press that's around Joker right now, um, one of the journalists told a story how they went up to um Jack Nicholson at the Golden Globes like a couple um years ago, right? And um, and and Jack and they said to him, "Oh, J- Jack Nicholson, would you um, you know, what do you think of like Heath Ledger's Joker and all that kind of stuff?" And um, Jack Nicholson said that he was disappointed that Warner Brothers didn't ask him back, and he really wants to play the Joker again as old. Wow. Yeah, and I'm like, good on you, Jack Nicholson. It's like you could do that again. Yeah, I could see him doing it again. It'd be interesting, you know. I- I'd love mm. to see that for sure. Yeah, but and it he, baffles like, me that Jack Nicholson didn't win an Oscar for this. Uh, yeah, I I can't remember who won it that year. I think he was nominated though. But um, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a pretty incredible performance as as always. I think mm. from a great actor. Yeah, yeah, and and like and with Demi Moore, I I love what she does with her acting. I think she's quite lovely and quite powerful. And and there's also surprising things with her character, which I'm like, oh, that's kind of nice. But um. 
I think the movie's like a little bit obvious with its sexism towards her. In what way? Can you elaborate? Because I agree. Like, like, but espe- like- yeah, like especially with the opening, how she's trying to get the job and all the old officers are like, huh, go get a coffee, sweetheart. What, what do the men take care of this? And like, and like, her, like if she like, I don't know. It's a little bit cliche, her character at the start, but it does eventually unwind to show some complexities, but... Which I think is a strength to the character and to the film, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. I I, I, I was surprised with Sorkin. I thought it'd be more subtle, like, because he's good with that, but like... Oh, I guess- yeah. Like, I, th- I think like, though, I think like it's what you said. It's providing like a cliche and then it's kind of like trying to subvert it a little bit. Yeah. As it goes on mm. to provide a bit more meat uh, to, to a situation that you think you understand because... Uh, yeah, I think I think her character actually does some surprising things for what you from those cliches that you see at the start, and it's uh, yeah, that's a strength I think to the character and to the performance. So Nathan, now that we've spoken about a few good men, um, do you have any other points you want to make before we get into? Some no, spot? let's write it, buddy. Yeah, man. So I um, Thursday I mean, night, would you put on a few good men? Yeah, I would. I would. I think it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie to sit down and watch on a Thursday night. I think it's perfect for that. I think. I think it's people, not that long. Which is no, nice. it's it's great. It's got it's good length. Mm. I think you could sit down with everyone and uh, people would get something out of it, and it'd be a good talking point. And I think you'd walk away and go, "Oh, I'm glad I watched that." I, I don't I, think it's a movie where you could sit down with everyone only because I I seriously emphasize this. You'd need to pay attention. Like like there's a lot of details dropped, and like if you phase out for a couple minutes and you zone back in, like 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 there are little details you gotta like pay attention to. You know. Again, I don't know if I totally disagree with that because I think it all comes together in that last scene and you'll understand the crux of what's going on. I think this film does a really yeah. good job of stringing you along for the ride. Um, and I feel mm. like it, it does enough for like re- like for normal people that don't necessarily understand all these terms to get on board and, 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 mm. and get them. I think Sorkin always does that really well. So, uh, yeah, I give it a thumbs up. Yeah. I, to be honest with you, Brent, I'm a little bit on the fence because like, I'm just trying to think what someone would get out of this movie today. Like, why sit down and watch A Few Good Men? I mean, obviously, when... I mean, we haven't even talked about the famous line yet. Like, obviously, the one thing everyone knows about this movie is the famous line. And, like, and when it's said, it's pretty fucking incredible. But, like, outside that, what would you get from... I guess this does say some stuff about patriotism and, like, following orders and, like... Be very interesting to see how what they do with Guant- Guantanamo Bay like today, actually, because that's you know Guantanamo is very under fire. Um, yeah, it is good. I've given worse things on this podcast. Thumbs up, to be honest with you. But like, mm, I guess yeah, seeing Jack, it's worth it. I can't really put my finger on it why you wouldn't want to watch this movie, but like, I don't think you get that much out. Like, what did you get out of it in terms of what? Like, we're like, wow, that movie. It was yeah. I like, like, like I said, I think I think people. I think you'd be surprised, man. I think people would really get amongst this, and I think like regular people would sit down and watch this and be like, that was a really good classic movie. Uh, and watching mm. it today, I'm glad I watched it. Like that was a real good time. On top of that, I think it's a good talking point to start discussing about things about like the events of this film and why certain mm. things happened. And you know, I I I think it's a, a really good time, and I think like people would get something out of watching this. Um, mm. yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess I will give it a thumbs up, but I'm just gonna say to the listeners, like, don't hype it that much. Like, no, this isn't like this isn't like the greatest film of all time. Like, it's not, it's not like a, yeah. it's not a masterpiece. But if I'm gonna say thumbs up or thumbs down, it's for sure a thumbs up for sure. Like, yeah, I think it's good. I think it's just a good movie. I think it's actually it's also surprisingly light. Yeah. to be honest with you, like, real, yeah. like, yeah, maybe this is good for a Thursday night. You know, it's like a. If you if, actually you know what, if you're feeling tense from work and you wanted to be reminded that maybe your work environment isn't that shitty, <laughs> watch this one because like you can see these lawyers just like getting no sleep for months on end. So like, you know, yeah, Brendan, let's let's spoil this thing. Let's do it, Nathan. Let's talk about the spoilers, spoilers, spoiling this movie. Yeah. Can, can we start off spoilers by uh by having an ethical discussion, Brenton? Let's let's talk about let's let's put on our monocles and have a, an intelligent conversation. Would you take? Because at one point in this movie, he gets offered six months, right? Out of uh, instead of like twelve years, we have the benefit of hindsight because we know how that plays out. But if you were in those shoes, would you take the six month sentence for something you didn't do? I think, mm. given the odds. Well, wait. Is in who would take the six months? Is in you or the lawyer? Like, so imagine you and me, Brenton. We've just killed someone at our military oh, camp. N- Nathan, yeah. like, I I feel like the more interesting questions is actually whether if you're in Tom Cruise's position, whether you would actually stand up or do something about it, or whether you would take give them the six months six months all right let's answer both those questions if you were the victim would you like would you take the deal i can't actually fathom myself being the victim and taking like 
being the victim in the first place. I think because like, you're because so, you know you're innocent. Like you knew you didn't deliberately. Like, well, not even that. I just can't imagine myself being in the military and having like bashed the shit out of like. Yeah, I don't think I'd even be in that position oh, to start yeah, with. Yeah, but but like, you know, use your imagination. Like, like forget the crime. Just imagine if like you were offered. Like imagine you did a crime and you but like you didn't actually do it. And like you know you knew the chances of of of, of the situation and you he said like, hey, here's six months, man. Uh, rather than like 12 years, which is extremely likely if you say no. Like, would you have said no? There's more caveats to it, though. It's six months and don't you get like discharged as well? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know if I was in their shoes, I might have even like, because it's so risky. I think in real life, I probably would have taken the six months. Yeah, I think that's a good chance I would have. But part of me would have been like, fuck this. Like, that's cr- <laughs> yeah. that- you would have flipped the table. Well, in the no, like, like you're, you're a murderer on your like criminal record for the rest of your life. Like, for. That is also true. Like, that's. I a- guess, yeah. Like,. I guess the time doesn't matter in that sense when you think about it in long term. Like, what are you going to do? You get discharged from the army and then you, like, try to get a job somewhere and it's like, oh, well, he's a fucking murderer. Like, That's also true. Yeah. So, then to answer, answer that question, like, I know it depends on, like, your Tom Cruise question. Like, I guess it depends on how good of a lawyer you are. Like, for Tom yeah. Cruise, I don't think he, I think he was pulling shit, I think he was pulling it out of his ass. Like, he was like, yeah, I'll get it, you off it, but I think he had no fucking clue until the very last minute on how to actually do that. Yeah, totally. Like I no, I think he he had a he he thought the the case had like some uh, some merit. But like I don't like he says during the film I don't think he ever expected to really win, which is why I think they do because he kind of throws caution to the wind and he just goes at it. Mm. Cuz when when you when you got nothing to lose, like, you know, until 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 he does have something to lose, like you know, until he does, yeah, until he, until it comes a question of whether he like uh he uh uh, he falsely accuses an officer of, of, of something which they, you know... Which is bullshit. Like, you know, like, is that actually a thing where, like, like anyone so. can have allegations? Like, I guess because the guy's been flown from Cuba. Like, I guess, like, no, I, you've got to have think, good evidence to do that. I think it's like, if if you can't, like, it'd be like accusing, like, the Prime Minister of, 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 of like, like murder or something like that, like, mm. and taking it's them... So like you've got to have good fucking evidence exactly. in, like, a strong case. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Which they don't, so it's no. a, it's a miracle they get them in the court in the first place. <laughs> like totally, but yeah, no, I found that I found that really really interesting. Um, did you like the Cuba Gooding Jr. cameo we got in this movie? I was like, I did a double take and was like, that's Cuba Gooding Jr. And then I was like, oh yeah, that's him. And then he just kind of left and he was gone. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to. I'm like, what are you doing in this movie? It's like I loved it. I was like, I was waiting for him just to burst into like, you know, where's my money? It's like, show me the money. Like. <laughs> Like Cuba, you're in the one wrong movie. <laughs> Nathan, let's talk about the scene. Let's talk about the line. Let's mm. talk about the scene. Let's talk about the moment, which is you can't handle the truth. And that brilliant monologue performed by Jack Nicholson, um, oh. which is like genuinely incredible. Like it's such a it's such a fantastic moment. It you is watch- amazing, isn't it? Like it's 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 like that line is famous for like absolutely that's it's part of cinematic history for a reason you know like Every, people know the movie A Few Good Men the reason like people still remember this movie is because of that line totally mostly yeah yeah and like it is extraordinary and like the whole movie you're like oh he's gonna say it like <laughs> when he gets dragged into court you're like oh this is the moment and like when Tom Cruise is like I want the truth and you're like sitting in the couch and you're like oh he can't handle it and then Jack Nicholson says it and you're like. <laughs> Did you squeal? Yeah, like it was. It, it wasn't even so much the line. It was everything that followed it. That moment is just mm. perfect. It's just. I had no idea there was this amazing monologue that followed it. Like, yeah, I just knew the line, and he's like, and he goes to this great, like, like, like. It's it's probably the smartest point in the movie because he's saying, "Hey, you need us monsters in the world," and like, you know, we're the ones that like keep you safe at night. And you're like, like he's got a point. You know, he's not right, but he has got a point. He must be like a pretty dull officer, though. When you think about it, like when he immediately <laughs> after it goes to it, did you give the code red? Did you give the code red? You're goddamn right, I did. And it's like, it's like I can't believe you admitted this in the court. Like yeah, you did the crime totally. But <laughs> like, like a man hey, that smart as well. Hey, if you you know, but it's like it's that thing, isn't it? That pride and that honor like gets in the way of um of logic in in that moment. And yeah, and he pays. He pays the price, and he should pay the price for that. That you know for what he did oh, um i love it as well i love it when like he finally admits it because like you think like the movie does that classic like cliche thing where you think tom cruise has lost the case and like everyone's looking miserable and like he walks and like jack nogerson tries to leave but then tom cruise is like i haven't finished yet bitch and yeah then jack nogerson sits back down like 
Oh, I love it when he's like sassy to the judge as well. He's like, you're letting this happen in your court. And the judge is like, shut, shut, shut up. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then he's like, uh, uh, he's like, you'll call me uh, uh, your honor or um, judge. Yeah, I think of, I've deserved it. Like. Yeah, I think, I, I think I've earned that. Yeah, it was a, there's a lot of great lines in this movie. Um, uh, can we? T- uh, I was surprised with um the bloody um conversation with Jack Nicholson when they were having lunch. Yeah. Like that was I thought that was like almost as equally as good. I was yeah. so it's, glued it, it's to It's again this that room. moment that like Tom Cruise who we fight later find out was doing that intentionally to see how the man would react. And like again yeah. that like Jessup just gives it all away in that moment of like he just He's like, can't ask handle me politely and yeah. you're like Jesus like Ugh. Yeah like, definitely got a I'll, I'll use please and thank you around you Jack Nicholson. Like there was a few <laughs> power plays in that scene that were just like incredible. And then like again the screenplay is like very interesting like how everyone else treats Jessup like you how Kevin Bacon's mm. character treats him when he comes into court that day and he's like can you please do this can you please do that whenever he talks to him and like how much it infuriates yeah. Jack Nicholson when Tom Cruise just never gives him that uh, basic yeah. uh, and basic Tom courtesy and, and Jack Nicholson tries to have a swing at him because he's so pissed like, <laughs> it's great um, do you, it's, it's do you so think Brenton Oh, it's amazing. Do you think, Brenton, this movie would have been improved if Jack Nicholson wore the same bandage from Chinatown in this? <laughs> well, I think it would have been a comedy, I think, rather than a, than a drama, oh, let's just say. The, can just, you imagine you can't handle reason. the truth like with, with that thing? <laughs> with face? his fucking nose bandage! <laughs> oh, that would have been great! Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Um, do you want to talk about maybe the relationship between Demi Moore and Tom Cruise? Yeah, sure. Because I was surprised it wasn't romantic. I'm glad it wasn't. I mean, it can't because you think it is, and then it's not, but then they go on a date, but then it's not, and then they never kiss, and you're like, oh, there you go. Yeah, I think I think it's it's a strength to the film that they don't. I think it's more it's more interesting that the characters come to respect each other um, mm. on a professional level. <laughs> they shake as hands well as, at the as, end, as like. well as as well as personal in the sense of like because they're so opposed at the beginning in so many ways, and you think that it's going to be some sexual tension. And I guess you could say there is a bit. Oh, of Oh, there is at that baseball court. It's all sexual tension. There is sexual tension in this film, and even like when uh. You know when they their last moment together in the film when they look to each other like there's there's that, there's like, that moment yes. there. but it's not <laughs> but it's not about that at the same time again it's about that acknowledgement of respect and that uh, of and of the other person's you know uh, code of honor so to speak you know mm. and how that they they both have grown together through this experience and have shown. Mm. Uh, uh, how they've they've bettered themselves as individuals. It's a great moment, and uh, I'm glad it, it wasn't it wasn't belittled or anything just to give uh, a a moment of, of of romance that the film just doesn't need. You know, no, because like because I think at the end of this of the second act when like you know they say we all need a good night's rest and like she comes over to his house like the second like she knocks on the door and he answers and it's just her and she's not in her uniform. I'm like, oh fuck, is this gonna be it? Like. Did you think that? Not really. I was never really worried about it. So I think it. Oh again, really? I, oh I, no! I, I was I was falling to it. I I wasn't worried that there was going to be a romantic like they were going to sleep together or they were going to you know kiss or whatever. Like it just never crossed. Uh, like you know, obviously there was sexual tension there again, but it wasn't like at the forefront of my mind. So again, I think it's credit to the film that like. It was more about their relationship, um, uh, and 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 those aspects of the relationship that are introduced at the start of the film, and how they kind of are able to overcome those to work together and to become um, to become mm. friends, and maybe they become something more after it. I don't know. Like, but yeah, we'll get a sequel, and they have like you know a few good men babies, and it's just like <laughs> a few, yeah, a go few to good, military school. A few good babies, yeah, that sounds good. Oh, <laughs> that'd be amazing for a sequel. Oh, can I talk about a gripe I have with this movie, Brent? Sure, man. How the hell does the witness under protection? Have a loaded gun that he can kill himself. I know, with. I know, and the film fully admits it in that scene, like when he comes back <laughs> drunk and he just says, "Top Cruise is like, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> how the fuck does that happen? You know what I mean? Like, how the even fuck before the, you like- see the gun, you see the man as a full operational sword by his fucking yeah. side. I'm like, there's several ways he could have killed himself. It's crazy, and it's like, yeah, he didn't hang himself with his sh- shoelace. He didn't. He didn't uh, slit his wrist oh. with a butter knife. He fucking shot himself in the head with the ceremo- uh, the the pistol from his ceremonial uh, fucking garments. Like, Jeez, holy shit. You can't shit. see this, listeners, but my hands are just up in the air, just aghast. Like- at least the film <laughs> acknowledges it, but at the same time, like, it's a, it's a fair point. And then part of me started mm. thinking was, well, did they just give him him... Like, was there a fucked up thing going on that they, they they gave him that uniform with the knowledge that maybe he will just give it and it will work out in Jessup's favor? I don't know, but like, mm. it's pretty fucked up. Like, it just got me thinking, and uh, and yeah, like I, I think it's a it's a gripe worth having for sure. Yeah, I was just like, really, it's like, yeah. come on, it's like, 
Oh, just, yeah. Did you also, I don't know, did you like the two main boys, the, the soldiers that were, you know, on trial and all that? Because, like, we didn't really talk about it in non-spoilers, but, like... I did. I think they brought something interesting with their performances, and that was that they portrayed that that kind of... That, that the kind of military life, that they're kind of dead behind the eyes in a way, and they're kind of... They're so caught mm. up in this 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 machine that they're... Did you think there was a little bit of sexual undertones? Between who? The two boys. No. Not at oh. all. Oh, no, the way they kept looking at each other, I'm like, mm. No, like, God, no. <laughs> like, God, where no. did they get that gagging stuff in the first place, Brenton? No, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Oh, you know what, I, you know what though? What I will give the movie, I bloody loved it how at the end they still got fired yes. from the military. I, I really respect that decision. I and they like got that. dishonorably discharged, you know? Like, it was great. Yeah. But I didn't love the moment. Again, they followed it up with this shitty, cheesy moment where it was like, what did we do wrong? What did we do wrong? And it was like, because we didn't fucking, like, we didn't stand up for what was right. And I was like, oh, fuck off. Like, Oh, fuck we, off. We, like, it reminds me of, like, a tw- like, if, like, what is it, 12 Angry Men, how the guy at the end is like, where are all the racists? It's like, yeah. shut up. Like, totally. <laughs> It's like, like, oh, I, we I got couldn't that. have any of it. But then it was followed by that great moment. Like, the, that was a bit melodramatic and cheesy again. But, like, I liked the moment where the where Tom Cruise said, like, it, you don't... I, I think it's a really good line when he says, you don't need a uh, a patch to have honour. And then, like, the guy salutes him. Like, I think... <laughs> like, that's yeah, a great... Yeah, God, your eyes fucking roll when, you, when he says that, don't you? No, I think it's a great line. Like, what Oh, are, <laughs> you're like, no, I felt something. It's, it's, like, a, <laughs> it's a good line. Like, you know, it's a, it's a fucking movie, man. Like, you still need to have, like, romantic... Oh. That... that the romanticized idea of like you know that so might- fucking cheesy. Yeah, is this what a courtroom looks like? It's like yeah, no shit. Your father was a lawyer. You know what a fucking courtroom looks like. <laughs> Nathan, shall we talk about what stills this movie? Yeah, because you know it. There's no other. There was very easy. You and I didn't even have to talk about what stills this yeah, movie because like, but we both there's agreed. only one frame in the movie that is iconic. Nathan, you can't handle the truth. Oh so if you've God. seen this movie, or you you know what you've probably every even if you haven't seen this movie, you would have seen just like a, like a clip of him saying that line. Right? Totally, like yeah. Everyone's seen says like the, what steals this movie is Jack Nicholson's face as he says that line. Nathan, what's amazing about this monologue, even to total on this 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 captures it, is how his jaw kind of opens and he bears his teeth, like and he bears his bottom teeth as well during yeah, this like whole a like fucking bear. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you imagine just like off frame like he's holding up his hands like bear claws guys and he's like, guys if, if you if you don't know what what still does this movie this segment on the podcast go to our youtube channel and there you'll find uh uh you'll see that we put up the images that we choose uh each week and it's it's one frame that's chosen from the film each week that either nathan or myself or both of us choose and uh it's mm. either something that could be very funny it can be something that's very poignant and something that sums up the film a frame that just captures something that the dop's just captured and you go yeah that's the essence of the film or something that's just fucking hilarious like you know uh yeah. jack nicholson with his bandage of his over his nose in uh in uh chinatown but this- jack nicholson has twice stilled a movie like- he has he <laughs> has and I tell uh, you what though i like it's funny because without context this frame could be very funny nathan like- that's that's what i mean like i feel like people need to go to our youtube channel and just listen to those sound effects we were doing just before and just look at the image and just like hear this sound effect please do it like i hope you've got that open right now ladies and gentlemen and just uh Enjoy it. Look at the image and... <laughs> <laughs> I like to think someone's like smacked Jack Nicholson on the ass and he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't handle the truth. It's like, oh. You can't handle these cheeks. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh. you, you must have said that line in real life heaps of times, right? It's like, Fuck oh. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. In fact, uh, right now I'm uh, currently doing a show that uh, tours, you know, I've, I've spoken about this on the podcast before. As an actor, I've, I'm currently in a show that's touring around this country and a couple of others. And uh, in it, I actually say this speech from A Few Good Men, which we had not discussed. Yeah, we were having beers last night and you fucking launched it to him. Like, and I was very drunk and I was like, Jesus, is, am, am I having beers with Jack Nicholson? And you pour off the face mask and you're like, hello, Nathan. I do that <laughs> whole speech and we talk about it in the show. Yeah, it's uh, so I do know that speech off by heart. Yeah. That's extraordinary, Brenton. Oh, can you give us a little taster now? I sure can. <clears throat> Grab your popcorn, listeners. Uh, let's let's. Where should I go from in it? Um, I, I'll I'll ignore the other person's lines, but I'll say. Do you want me to do the Tom Cruise thing? No, it's no, like, no, I no, want no. The truth. No, no. I'll 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 just uh, take it away. Um, you ever served in a forward area? You ever put your life in another man's hands and asked him to put his life in yours? We follow orders. We follow orders or people die. It's that simple. Are we clear? Are we clear? 
You want answers? You want answers? You want answers? You can't handle the truth. We live today in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's gonna do it? You? You? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that all of those deaths, whilst tragic, probably saved lives, and my existence, while incomprehensible and grotesque to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth, because deep down in places you won't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty, we use these words as a backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to someone who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom of which I provide and then questions the means of which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and be on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. That's incredible. Brenton, I, you can't hear it now, but I'm actually putting in the sound effect of the audience again from a few episodes back. Like, they're back. The studio audience, they've appeared magically in my bedroom once more. Yeah, my American accent probably wasn't the best then, but, you know, YOLO. We, we like to share, you know. <laughs> Mate, like, that is extraordinary. Like, God Sorkin deserved an Oscar for that writing. Like, yeah. I don't think he got monologue. it, but, like, that is extraordinary. Like, oh, what a take. Brenton, how did they make this? How did... How did they make this make a more of a magic girl? Make my magic movie. You know what I love about this movie, Brenton? Keith Sutherland, who we haven't mentioned once. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. <laughs> he's a bad driver, Brenton, because multiple takes were needed when he's driving them around the, the um the campsite. Do you know this fact? No. So Keith Sutherland, you know when he's like driving them around Cuba and he's like, this is the base camp. And he's yeah, like, totally. these are all the soldiers. And there's one point where like all these soldiers are hiking on the road and they like park so they can let the car through. There were multiple takes where Keith Sutherland accidentally hit a couple <gasps> of them with the car. Holy shit. Because <laughs> he's not a good driver. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Holy fuck. I know. And by the way, okay, side note with Keith Sutherland, how fucking terrifying is he in this movie? Jesus. Yeah, he's scary. He's a he's a messed up dude. Jesus mm. Christ. Um. Uh. Tom Cruise's Jack Nicholson impersonation, which he says in a line of this film. Oh, which char- I love. When, he, when his character is quoting Colonel Jessup, was actually not scripted oh. at all. And, uh, really? Yeah, Demi Moore's and uh, Kevin Pollack's uh, reaction uh, reactions are genuine. Like, they weren't expecting oh. it. He just went into it. Um, and also, like, Kevin Pollack, I think, gives a great performance in this film as well. And he was one of those side characters that I mentioned that I think has a bit of depth as well. And I'm glad we get to explore. Um, I like that character. Uh, yeah, he's just like, oh, my wife and child. He's like, I've got to get back home. Nathan, I will say this as well, that Jack Nicholson was actually paid $5 million for 10 days' work. Crikey, that's half a million a day. Yeah. That's not bad, is it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell you what, though, I, when he was on set, though, um, Rob uh, Bloody... um. The Jack Nicholson told the director that when he walked into, walked into the first rehearsal, the rest of the cast rushed to their seats. It was like if royalty walked into the room. Oh, and right. then Jack Nicholson went up to the director and he said, Rob, it was so strange because I felt like a fucking Lincoln Memorial. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that it's funny because Nicholson actually later admitted uh, with the $5 million deal thing that uh, that it was one of the few times that he can admit that the money was well spent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you would fucking admit that when you've been paid five million dollars. Oh, Jeez, great. what a guy! What oh, a character that guy is. I fucking love him. I'm so sad he's not in stuff these days. I know he's old and he's retired, but like, bring him back. Like, oh, he's bloody great. Um, and a, a less funny fact I have about this movie is that um, Sorkin said this is uh, when he was writing this and he was pitching like drafts of the script to like executives. It was probably one of the worst experiences he's had as a screenwriter because. Mm. And an executive for the movie wrote on one of the scripts, if Tom Cruise and Demi Moore aren't going to sleep with each other, then why is she a woman? Fucking hell, yeah. Which is horrendous. Like, And then, you know, Sorkin wrote back to the guy saying, um, you know, women have purposes other than to sleep with Tom Cruise. And so, you know, it's it's horrible. Yeah. But, that, but yeah, good. people, but, but you know, some executives, it wasn't just one executive, by the way, some executives thought the character initially was gender swapped right. for the sake of it. 
but yeah. Uh, the Defense Department actually refused to endorse the film. Uh, this meant why? That the, yeah, I don't know. The, this meant that the film the filmmakers couldn't utilize any military installations during filming, and most of it was shot in a Culver City soundstage. Ah, oh, there you go. I would have never guessed that, but you know. I, I don't think they would have gone to Cuba, but I'm like, oh, no, it looks legit. Um, and a- according to Rob Reiner, uh, Tom Cruise would always stay after rehearsals to work on perfecting his role. His oh, hard I must say, Tom- like, everyone knows this. Like, Tom Cruise is a hard-working actor, isn't he? Like- yeah, he works his butt <laughs> It'd be kind of funny if Tom Cruise did stunts in this movie just for the sake of it. <laughs> like, he just, like instead, of, like, instead of, like, walking through the door, like, opening the door and walking through the door, he just, like, smashes through the wall next to the door and just, like, rolls into the room. <laughs> and everyone's like, for fuck's sake, man. Like, like when Jack Nicholson tries to beat him up, they have this, like, full-on, like, five-minute fight scene just, like, across the courtroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. Uh my last fact that I have was that Jack Nicholson, when he did his You Can't Handle the Truth monologue, he did that take up to 40 to 50 times. Yeah. Wow. Which is bonkers. Like, oh, good on him. And finally, I'll say that uh, the, the movie's line, You Can't Handle the Truth, was voted as the uh, uh, the 29th uh, movie quote by the uh, American Film Institute out of 100. So the 29th top movie quote out of 100 from the, from the AFI. Yeah. Iconic. Absolutely yeah. iconic. Um, well, hey, hey, let's look at this film's poster. Oh, what a! Sh- uh, I don't know about this one. Man. It is pretty shitty, isn't it? It's uh, it's not bad. It's not great. It's what I hate about it. I don't mind that the three characters we see are uh, Tom Cruise, uh, Jack Nicholson, and Demi Moore. That's all well and good. I kind of like that aspect of it. They look like busts. Like <laughs> yeah. But then we have this weird. We have this weird American flag with like the cudgel on top of it, like with this like weird white light as though the, the like, it's like this heavenly white light as well. That it's just like it's a bit again, it's just a bit too in your face. I don't know what this film's poster should have been. I'm trying to think. Um, I think it should have just been the freeze frame of Jack Nicholson's face, but that's still this movie. <laughs> like, like I don't know. I I would have I would have loved it. I don't know. Maybe if it, if we were in a courtroom potentially, and we like yeah, you know. I think that would have been good, like seeing Tom Cruise standing up, like his back to the camera and that kind of stuff, like yeah, um, or even like the guy getting gagged like <laughs> at the start. That would have been interesting. Maybe just Tom Cruise by himself in in a in a courtroom. <gasps> you know, okay, it should be like a, like a cheesy '90s poster where like Tom Cruise is like like in a suit, like leaning against like Demi Moore, like Matthew McConaughey, but instead he's got like a lawyer briefcase in one hand and a baseball bat in another. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Let's make it happen. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. So, Nathan. Uh, and title talk. Yeah. Very disappointed, Brenton. Why? I don't think there were many few good men in this movie. Oh, come on. I love the title. I think it's a killer title. I think it's great. Really? It has nothing to do with the movie. A it few does good so. men. What are you All right, go. About? How does it? A few good men. A few good men that actually stood up against the system and decided to like fight was it for what was right and like not just follow. You yeah, know. Demi Moore's one of those, isn't she? Like, <laughs> I, I think I think it's a great title, and I and I think it it's, it's it sums up the film. I think it's great. Uh, mm, mm. I I would have preferred to call. What was that sound? That's like me changing gears. I would have preferred it if it was like. I think they should have called it. You can't handle the truth. No, I I disagree. But we agree to disagree on that one. I think. Oh, I suppose. Bloody hell. Well, Nathan, now that we've uh, got rid of the power from ourselves, shall we pass the power? Power to the people. Let's pass it to the people. The power. Rotten Tomatoes. Bloody, they're all throwing roses at the stage, Brenton, because the critics gave it 82 and the audiences gave it 89. So, hey, it's a good loved film. all around, buddy. Including from uh, Jay Boyer from Orlando Sentinel, who says, as <laughs> Boyer? You may- Boyer? As you may have suspected, <laughs> Jack Nicholson steals the show. His Colonel Nathan Jessup isn't in a lot of scenes, but when he's there, you can't take your eyes off him. Well said, Jay. Well said. Couldn't mm. agree more. I think, yeah, he's just electrifying. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. God, I love Jack Nicholson. Uh, this might even be my favourite Jack performance. You might be your favourite? Wow. Yeah. Mm. What's your fave? Oh, I don't know, man. He's so good. Um, I loved him in Chinatown. I love him in this... I love him in uh, The Departed. I think he's great in as well. I think... Um, he's fucking excellent Departed. Uh, One Flew Over the Cookie's Nest. Like, you know, like mm. these these films. You just... What an he's actor. pretty good, isn't Oh, he? The <laughs> Shining. The fucking Shining, man. Like, God. Like... Oh, that's uh, your favourite? I don't know if that's my favourite, but it's out there. Like, I, th- I just think he's remarkable. He's done some pretty good movies, hasn't he? Like, yeah. <laughs> and obviously Batman. Although, TBH, I don't actually love his Joker that much. Controversial. I think it's good for what the film is. Like, I don't know if it's like when mm. you when you think back at the Joker's. Like, 
I think he's like given the context of the film and the style of the film and the setting of that film. I think it works really well. Yeah, I, I do agree. I guess like for what Tim Burton was going for at the time. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, I think Michael Keaton is more crazier in that movie than, than Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Some might say so. That one scene where he fucking like just loses his shit. Smashes at the, the glass. Yeah, like that's. that's <laughs> It's, it's great. amazing. It's great. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. <laughs> uh, TV Guide like this movie, Brent, and they gave it three out of four and said the final scene when Kathy locks horns with Jessup more than makes up for the predictability of what's come before. Yeah, do you find it predictable, Brenton? A little, yeah. Just a wee bit, just a tad. <laughs> I agree, yeah. Garen M gives it two and a half stars and says a few good men is just too dry and slow. This is spelt two with a one one zero. What a fail! Oh wow! Uh, it lacks a point and a reason for being there. I like the famous quote though: "You can't handle the truth." I disagree, but you've you've made your 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 point, I guess, on yeah, this as well. I I do think the film has a point, like it, you know, especially like bringing down a powerful figure. I feel like, especially after Me Too, even though Jack Nicholson doesn't do sexual assault, I feel like just taking down a very powerful man. I think that would resonate more today than it did even in the nineties. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Brett is like mulling over he's like stirring some soup he's like hmm <laughs> sure well Anne S she gave it four and a half stars and she said this is one of my favourite movies and likely the one I've viewed the most excellent drama all around every scene is compelling all actors top notch never did understand why they didn't autopsy Santiago to find out why he died it's a good point actually I mean, oh, then again, that's not really the contention. It's not about how he died. It's about... I think they did, though, and they were like, oh, there was... But they couldn't clarify whether it was poison on the rag for some reason. I can't I can't remember, but it was like... Mm. But, but yeah, like, I... I do I do love that doctor on the stand where he's like, he's like, no, you're a doctor, aren't you? And he's like, yes. He's like, oh, I believe my doctor. And he like, <laughs> like Kevin Bacon turns to the jury. He's just like, no, I'm not a doctor myself, but did you poison? It's like, I love that. Angel Fox says, so here's the question. Is this superior to the original stage play, stage play, sorry, or the opposite? Would you prefer seeing this as a play? Not really. I was thinking that during the film. I was like, yeah, I'd rather watch this as a film, to be honest. Like, I disagree. Actually, I think it might be stronger on stage. I don't know, dude. Like, uh, maybe, maybe I'd have to see it on stage. They apparently had a great run in Broadway. Like, I'm, yeah, we get around that. And lastly, Paul Anthony Nougat from YouTube. He wrote, "I demand a trial by combat." <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine he launches into that speech and like like at the end of like Tyrion in season four, he just says those lines. <laughs> I demand like, a trial by combat. Everyone oh. goes, oh, shit. And oh, then, no. Yeah. That would have been amazing. And fucking like, you know, Pedro Pascal rocks up as like the Viper. Like, <laughs> I will be your champion. Yeah. That would be amazing. Like, oh. That is a few good men. And that we're not, we're, just, we're not just talking about Nathan and myself. No, we're talking about the film of ah. Good Men. <laughs> and uh, Nathan, what a good time, guys! If you want to get in touch with us, you can always find us uh, at our email address. But you can also find us on Twitter. And uh, obviously, the show is also on YouTube, where you can comment on our vids, or uh, on SoundCloud, or on the i the I was going to say iTunes. No, it's on the podcast app. Uh, as well so guys get in touch send us a review tell us your thoughts tell us what you thought of the film itself whether you love it whether you hate it whether you just enjoy jack nicholson's face whatever it is just let us know like we want to hear <laughs> let it. us know all of the above yeah well uh brenton I'm, I'm here to give you your sentence now buddy oh good good <laughs> it looks it looks like i'm gonna have to discharge you from the podcast i'm sorry but what what did i do what did I do wrong? Brenton, sometimes, you know, banter can be worn also as a badge or whatever the fuck Tom Cruise says. Wow. So prolific. All right. Now get the fuck out of my house. Oh, okay.